The Buzzards went for a three-hour tour recently aboard the SS $5, and wouldn't you know it, got hit by a huge tidal wave from out of nowhere. They found themselves stranded in the ocean with nothing but boxes of old record albums, some books, and a few luxury items floating around. They decided they could only save five albums, one book, and one luxury item each. It was pure hell. They were able to paddle their way to a beautiful deserted island with an abundance of food and natural spring water. Go figure. And you, dear listener, get to find out the items they saved and why they chose them on this episode of $5 Buzz. Welcome to a very special edition of $5 Buzz. I am your uh, host, Nate Garden, your regular uh, artist in residence. But today, for this very special episode, I'll be assuming the hosting duties. Coming to you live here from Rancho Santa Margarita, California. Beautiful day here. Um, Roger, how was it up there in L.A.? Oh, it's fantastic. It's doing just great. It uh, rained a little bit yesterday, but, you know, today was nice and sunny. Not that I know, because I never leave my fucking cave. I left the roof off my fucking Jeep yesterday, Roger, and I w- went out to gallons of fucking water in, in my truck, but it dried up right away. So it was, uh, I felt some of that rain. That's a good story. Is that a good story? Yeah, I love it. Pete knows. Pete used to roll one of those. Peter, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, man. Uh, although I was just thinking about a funny story. Uh, yesterday I was driving and got involved in a little bit of a road rage uh <laughs> confrontation oh, no. it turned out really funny it was uh i was driving vanessa's car and um we're just going up fairfax and this guy i guess i drifted over in the lane without my blinker on you know it's <laughs> like you do it was we were, the traffic wasn't going too fast but he was right on me and then he peels out around me peels out in front of me cuts me off i so i gave him the finger and you know, and then he drives up, I drive up, he, he slows down to get next to me, he wants me to pull over. I'm like, all right, fine, you know, let's pull over. Citizens arrest? <laughs> so we pull off on the street on Waring and he pulls over, he's in a, he's in a BMW. <laughs> he comes down, he rolls his window down. He's like, why'd you finger me, mate? He's British. <laughs> And I'm like, I just stopped. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Have a great day. <laughs> Why did you finger me, mate? Why'd you finger me, mate? I've been saying it all weekend to uh to Vanessa. Yeah, she, she, she was in the car. With, she was with me. She was well, she, she was, was. In between, she was in between us. She's like, okay, let's move. What 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 how's this show usually open with the the the, the towel in the door and all and all that the... it's okay everybody has their own rhythm that's a that's a george thing that's I all like the, uh... uh george that's just like uh custom and ritual now like kids don't have to do that shit anymore right in this brave new world we're in like that that's just i think either uh they're probably doing yeah, edibles they're probably having edibles they're probably having a pen i don't think they have to worry about that smell uh maybe the state you're in uh, dictates that all that stuff is legit. And by the way, Nate, I was just up in Boston uh, a few days ago, and uh, marijuana is fully blown legal. I pulled out of uh, the Prudential Center right there on Boylston Street, and it was like everybody was smoking like more marijuana joints or pre rolls than cigarettes. It was crazy. I hadn't seen anything yeah. like that, but uh, yeah, interesting times, man. You know. I can't remember who I was talking to the other day, but they were at the hospital and they stepped outside and there were more people 
smoking weed outside the hospital and no cigarettes. Whereas mm-hmm. 10, 20 years ago, you'd have people smoking cigarettes. And if someone was smoking weed, they'd be all, you know, uh, <laughs> secretive about it. She says it's been illegal in California. Maybe, maybe we are making progress as a society. <laughs> cigarettes are, are, are very stigmatized now, people. You, you smoke your reef right out the, right on the street. Yeah. And, and dude, it's like one of those like uh, blended smells of like uh, tobacco and marijuana where like you usually only ever uh, experience that at a concert, like an indoor concert where you walk mm-hmm. into like a, a arena and like you just get hit with that scent. But this is just like out sunny, 70 degree day, Nate, in Boston. Everyone's like wearing a t-shirt for the first time. And everyone yeah. was Charles out. River, all the crew. Yeah. That was my town, man. I went to school there for you. Nothing uh, like it. Nothing like it on a on a day like that in Boston, New England. It was there, nice, uh, dude. It was yeah. it was a great day to be there. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so anyway, quote, you know, rest. I feel like we're we're uh zeroing in on the topic du jour right. yeah we're gonna no. start, i was gonna circle around to that nice, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. um last week we, we we met and um some of us were prepared and some of us weren't so we, we had a little business meeting and we decided we were gonna we were gonna reconvene this evening and we had an assignment so we're gonna pretend that uh the, the assignment was you're on an uh you're on a desert island and this is an idyllic desert island there's a uh, bountiful fruits of plenty there's lots of fresh water um survival is not an issue um we have to bring what was it seven items to the island yes seven items all right five lps all right five lps of our choice one uh book one piece of literature and and any other uh one luxury uh, article yeah roger one luxury item one on one item yeah so um, that, that was the assignment. And uh, we're just going to go around. Uh, and like I said, this, this is a idyllic. Uh, only buzzards would die here because buzzards being, uh, what were they uh, dependent? What do we call that in the food kingdom, Roger? Scavenger, scavengers. <laughs> scavenger. well, only buzzards would die in this silence. There's a little Thank irony you. here. Yeah, yeah. But um, they, they, they depend on scavenging, but there will be no scavenging because uh, you, we're all going to die of old age listening to our favorite albums, um, lonely, but uh, entertained with our book and our five albums. So without any further ado, we're, we're going to go around the, uh, we'll do a little round robin style here. And Roger, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, man. Why don't you give me your five albums? Okay. So I'm going to go from number five, you know, quickly and then uh, up to the number one. And I'll just give a reason you said, we have to talk about one of the albums out of the five. And the five and defend one. one, yeah. All right. So I, I'll start with uh, Hemden and Todd, you know, just to say real quick that there could have been albums by the Stooges or Minutemen or Husker Du, Black Flag, Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, Gang of Four, Public Enemy, and, of course, Sonic Youth for me. But they all just missed out of my top five. My top five uh, begins with uh, the bottom of the deck there was Closer by the band Joy Division. Uh, because this next artist doesn't have necessarily a record, I had to pick one that included all of his symphonies. So that's Beethoven, the complete symphonies. So it's probably a little cheat there, and that's a box set. because so You're not, taking you know, about six gigs of uh, data right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. And then number three would be Rid of Me by PJ Harvey, because I had to have one female voice in that mix. And, um, you know, I love her death so much. And then... Uh, 1999 by Prince. Good one. I need I need a little funk. I need a little I need I need I need some funk in my life. But number one, of course, as a as a noise junkie that I am, uh, 
I chose White Light, White Heat by the Velvet Underground. All right, I'm going to stop you right there. Age of Induction. How old were you? First time you heard the record, Roger. How how old is little Roger? Uh, White Light, White Heat. I was probably 13. So you, that was after the fact. That wasn't on release. That was. Well, no, I wasn't. I mean, I was barely alive when the release came out because this is the second record. It came out in 69. And remember, Velvet Underground didn't sell so well in the beginning of their days and became the Nico days yeah yeah became much this is after the first album um velvet underground and nico and before the the regular vu record and before loaded they only had four official records now let me ask you a second question roger i know you've informed a lot of musical tastes i know you got a lot of um like your nephew and and people like you you've been a mentor was there anyone who informed your taste like how are you turned on to this yeah it was a guy named jerry austin and he was 10 years older than me to the, you know, uh, to the year. And uh, when I moved in with my, when my, my parents split up, my dad and I uh, were living together with uh, his best friend and his son, who was 10 years older. He had, I was listening to all these records with Frank Zappa, Captain Beefheart. He got me onto the Yardbirds, um, you know, every Zeppelin record, of course, but it was a, a deep dive in Black Sabbath. It was a shit ton of records and he had a very eclectic taste also got me heavily into horror films that's a different story um but yeah he it was it was there that and i would listen to like really weird shit you know it was like tangerine dream now this is like i was 11 uh, 12 years of age yeah so, uh very formative so, but he didn't have a lot of punk punk rock wasn't his thing that was my discovery on my own uh after he gave me sort of like the license to go beyond just pop music but that was the avenue though like without velvet yeah, that's you right to- I mean, yeah. without the outsider reference, I mean, I I, listened, I had every Frank Zappa record and Captain Beefheart record, you know, at 11, 12 years of age at that point. So, you know, I was listening heavily to that stuff. And then, you know, so I discovered Tom Waits and, and you know, all this other stuff for myself. But it was because of that, that lent me to be more adventurous and to seek out things beyond what I heard on the radio. Because after a while, I just couldn't listen to classic rock anymore. I just got tired of it. I mean, I really yeah. got sick of classic rock. And it's still, bo- I mean, I, I sometimes I'll go back to it now. I mean, I can still listen to Led Zeppelin, of course. I can still listen to, you know, I, occasionally like you too. Like a lot of bands, I don't, I don't hate any of them. I just can't, you know, I just played to death. Like I can't even listen exactly. to those that much anymore. Yeah. So it, it's the Beatles, you know, because I've heard them so much. And it's inescapable. I'm, it's 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 in the it's in the retail streams. It's everywhere you go, man. It's like. And as I get older, all I want to do is listen to stuff I've never heard. That's all I want to do is find stuff I've never heard. So yeah. I'm constantly looking and, you know, Spotify for whatever, you know, how good or evil that you may think of it as, as the listener out there. One good thing that it has for me anyway, it has this discover weekly where each week it does a playlist that sort of hones in on my algorithms, finding me stuff that I may have never heard of before. And it's a yeah. deep dive that I go down that well and we'll listen to a lot of shit of bands and then I'll just, then I'll know them because then I'll find something I like. And then I find like uh porn trumpet uh, crumpets uh, was, it was a band I just recently discovered, you know, a lot of little things like that, or shake your hands say, or clap your hands, say, yeah, you know, the, the Australian band, there's all this, this wonderful stuff out there. Is that- there I know Pete does this. Pete and I had, we have this habit we share. It's, it's a behavior. Um, there's no greater feeling to discover a new song and then just like it, it, it and you just kill the shit out of it. Do you do that? You just like hear a song and just 
play it to death repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, when I got when I, I will never forget when we went when I saw Nirvana open up for Sonic Youth in 1988, 89, just before Bleach came out. And then when Bleach came out, I remember we got the record, and I played that fucking thing. I, I wore the grooves out of that goddamn thing. Yeah. You know, it was like it, it was it was it was something because they came out of left field, and and nobody knew who the fuck they were when they were playing at the Palladium opening up for Sonic Youth, and my whole group of friends like I don't know somebody said they were a psychedelic band. Anyway, I think I might have even told this story before, but it it was a. Uh, you know, it was a revelation. So something like that. Yeah. So when I find something, I do listen to shit. Like I listened to um, uh, fight the power about 18 million times in a row when I first got the fucking cassette tape, you know, from uh, after I just walked out of the movie, do the right thing. and went and bought the soundtrack. And, you know, just before put they put it on this before fear of a black planet when it's on that album. But uh, yeah, I, that I was already a public enemy fanatic because of uh, it takes a nation of millions and you'll bum rest of the show. Nice. Well, back uh, to your back, back to your uh, back to your album defense. What's the uh, what's the uh, standout track? Well, for me, it's Sister Ray. <clears throat> Always will be. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's about eleven minutes long. It is the it's a sonic assault on your senses. It's you know, I used to call it the uh, if you wanted to end a party, you just play that song and turn it up, <laughs> and everybody will clear the room but me. You know, get in the middle of the room and just be bathed in. The, but that's not true. Not my friends were all into it too. But Sister Ray, uh, you know, uh, in fact, Joy Division does a phenomenal cover of that song. Off of you can find that off of Joy Division Substance uh, uh, compilation record um, with some of their live recordings, and it's they do a fucking great job of of, of that a cover of that. But you know, it's it's. You know, in, in Nirvana does that in uh, Endless Nameless, the last secret song that was on Nevermind is a uh, sort of a um, homage to that song in the way that it builds and the sort of just, you know, when the Velvet Underground will play that sometimes live, they would play that song from sometimes a half an hour of just pure. It's like my bloody Valentine with their song. Um, Oh, I should have forget the name. What's the one they close out all their song, all their concerts with over the last uh, not uh, fifteen years? It's just a, a sonic. I, I, other people are running away, and I rush to the stage just like so just get just, just blended get, isolation, Roger. Just that's get, your uh, that's just your get, realm. Just get pummeled that's with your realm, bro. Pure pure noise. Anyway, and nice. the, whole, the whole record was it's the last album with John Cale. Uh, it, it features more of his writing on it. You know, he does the Lady Lady Godiva and uh, the gift, you know, where he speaks the spoken uh, thing about the guy mailing himself to his girlfriend. And she plunges the knife into the box and kills him. You know, it's a, you know, it's it's a further exploration of, you know, what people were not doing in the peace and love generation. They were talking about, you know, sadomasochism and, uh, you know, heavy drugs and homosexuality and things that were not very popular in pop art at that time. I mean, or popular in popular art not to be confused with pop art so it's um you know it's, the, it's the doors so the doors were rather pedestrian by uh <laughs> they had their own darkness but it was more of a romantic darkness i don't think velvet underground was romantic as much as you know <clears throat> you know um jim morrison was influenced by rimbaugh you know the uh, poet so he kind of like 
sort of embrace that you know warm dark glow and I, I love the doors too i mean i you know i i don't have a problem with the doors you know it's part of my favorite movie apocalypse now you know that all solidified all that anyway so white 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 heat you know it's it's their second record it's my personal favorite album of all time you know uh the stooges uh fun house could have easily been on this list you know there's a couple of different records um the problem with johnny cash is that at Folsom prison is the uh Probably his best actual recorded record, but I mean, the box set is the one you need to get if you just get them all. So all the early ones. So, you know, you, you wouldn't let me do that. So fuck you. Um, but this is one of those hypotheticals too that can change. I ask you tomorrow, and it's going to be something else. It's, yeah, uh, it's all absolutely the, it's subjective to whatever you're going through. That 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 uh, like Pete's is probably completely affected by his road rage. It's going to be a completely different. Uh, Actually, uh, actually, though, um, go ahead. You know, to bring up, mine was influenced by um, a text message from George, and it also reminds me. You know, uh, when George and I drove across the country back in '99, we always had this running conversation, like the top five albums of all time or your favorite five albums. And it was just like it's a, it's an ever evolving thing. To your point, but um, uh, is that me, or you? Got, are you are you still going, Raj? Well, I was just gonna I'll, say. I'm gonna circle back to Roger. You're, you're just making a point here. No, yeah. I was just going to say the book and the item real quick. So yeah. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finnegan's Wake, just so I can figure out what the fuck it means. Nice. So I have all the time in the world to finally, <laughs> I've read it once. And still Roger, it means. you are so, my soul, brother. I was <laughs> here, on the beach and read it again. But I'll need the Britannica Encyclopedia to go with it because of all the different references I'll need to look up. It'll drive me crazy that I wouldn't be able to have a resource to look them all up. Only and Roger it, would take such liberties with... All fresh food, water. It's not enough. He's he's got to take fucking six gigs of Beethoven. He needs a he needs a, he needs a reading companion for his book. And then uh, my one item would be electricity because I'll need to be able to fucking plug in the record player. Oh yeah, it's already there though. <laughs> it comes from the cloud, Roger. From the cloud. <laughs> That's it. So next next one up. Excellent. Thank you, Roger. That was uh. I'm not surprised by your album. Uh, I think I expected something in that, in that vein, but uh, that was great, man. Good stuff. Good stuff as per usual. Peter, let's turn it over to you, man. Five albums. I expect I expect there'll be some crossover with George. I have a feeling on this one, but um, I'll I'll, I'll rip them off real quick. Um, Animals by Pink Floyd is definitely nice. on there. Uh, the soundtrack to Old Brother Where Art Thou with Allison Krauss in Union Ooh, Station. I love her I love voice. Kitty. I love the gospel music. I love all, I just, I could listen to that thing. I've never tired of it. I absolutely love it. You know, that bluegrass uh, band, the Gibson brothers from Shadow Gay, they're yeah. all over that thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. That's amazing. Yeah. Andy Bilo's cousins. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. All world. Yeah. Um, I would take um, a live Grateful Dead uh, remastered uh, album. I'd probably take the live at Nassau Coliseum called wake up to find out it's with uh branford marcellus uh yeah. playing um awesome. playing uh saxophone all throughout it's a beautiful beautiful moment in time i really really enjoy that um i think i would take uh 36 chambers would have to go on there wu-tang just for you know a, a completely you know for it's amazing it's just an amazing album as it is it is you know and, and then I would definitely want, I would have to go back in time and get uh, some Nina Simone going for that female jazz nice. voice going as well. And that's probably, uh, that's my five right there. Cool. Well, what's the one that you would argue? It's what you can defend. 
Yeah, you have to defend one. I would take probably animals first. I would say, you know, dogs is just uh, you know, it's a long and 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 winding road i love it it's a great musical experience i think it's a masterpiece pigs on a wing well you and i have had some experiences to pigs on a wing those are the the bookends man those two yeah absolutely they're just it's such beautiful beautiful music like absolutely um and then uh for the for the book i was torn between two i'm gonna be i'm gonna be that guy and say two but I'm probably going to go with The Stand by Stephen King. Nice. Because it's long and it's a real character study. And it's, it, you know, you can really get lost in that book and that story. And it's, it's fucking cool. Or Metamorphosis by, The Metamorphosis by uh, Franz Kafka is also another one. I would it should choose. be a quick read. It would be quick. It's a novella. It's short. But, you know. That that has its benefits too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my and then my luxury item would be a, a golf set. I would just <laughs> I, would, I would sit around. I would, I would, <laughs> That's I go. I just golf all around that place the whole time. Just chipping. Yep, just chipping whatever you know. Sticking golf balls and porpoise holes and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say a movie theater with every movie available. <laughs> there you go. I figured I'd be cheating. Anyway. Nice. Well, go ahead, George. Well, I, I, I didn't get a chance oh, to. I, 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 gotta, follow up, yeah. I don't want to ask you. Pete, I know you, uh, you, you've got a whole disciplehood that, that uh, you've informed. Who informed your musical taste? Well, you know, um, that's a really good question because I didn't, my, my dad and mom did not listen to much music. Right. There wasn't Same. records lying around. Same. You know, there wasn't, I got to, you know, Pete, kids in plattsburgh you know we were listening to stuff like obviously pink floyd was a huge thing around yeah. you know th- those parts but, spiegels and shit <laughs> yeah but you know post-college man i have to say you were one person that definitely opened my mind to a lot of music. going to, going down when i would go down to uh, santa monica and visit with you and get into those deep dives with, with zivon and and all that stuff that i love and listen to to this day i mean yeah, I would say you were you were you were one of those people. Oh, come, Peter, you were formed, I mean it. man. You were you were formed before. <laughs> I, I was, I was almost that. there. I was almost people. there. You know, I, I didn't I didn't take much. I didn't get into. Uh, I never got into much deep dive. I mean, yeah, it's 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 weird how how you pick up things. You know, living in Prague, it was all house music. So yeah. you didn't, there was a whole whole three years of my life I didn't really listen to any of my own music. It was all different. In, in electronic music yeah you know and then um yeah it's interesting Pete and I, uh, we, we uh, grew up on a uh, the wizard w-i-z-n yeah it was all classic rock man the same as every other classic rock station across the country same same playlist <laughs> same playlist <laughs> but there's just something about i don't know yeah, yeah. But ours is uh 95.5 yeah. do they still play I was home. I mean, the wizard still sounds like the wizard. They're still playing, yeah. you know, it's skate away is every third song and shit. You know, it's like you yeah. go home and you're gonna you're you're when you get in a rental car, it's, it's gonna be dire straits or ACDC, one or the other. Yep. Uh, Guaranteed. Yeah. Some CCR, some uh fucking uh who's that guy? Fly like an eagle. Oh, oh Steve Miller. Do you guys, yeah, you no, always remember do you guys remember? Oh yeah. You guys remember Cliff Lee from our second episode? Yeah, he informed he informed a lot of my musical taste. He's a big blues fan. He exposed me riding around in his truck 
to a lot of stuff i'd never heard old uh you know going back 40s 50s blues and yeah. uh, i loved it it's amazing how many rolling stone songs come from a lot of that music it's incredible actually oh, the first two albums you, were you, mean, you mean all of it yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah Mucka white charlie Patton. you know blind lemon jefferson yeah, all those all that man it was influential. yes oh about the brian they would have stayed that way man making keith needed royalties though so they locked him in the kitchen and made him write songs and Hey man, got got to hand it to them. Those guys know how to write a they know how to write a hit song. And then they discovered disco in the seventies. Well, yeah. too much blood. Speaking of, you know, what album was that off of? That's from um, Undercover. Because you used it on a, on the promo for uh, Stephen Patton, Patton show, and uh, I, it's on it's on my spot. It's on one of my playlists. Is one of my I I I, got, I hooked right into that song. I <laughs> yeah. love that jam, dude. I don't know why. I absolutely love that. It's song. a fun. It's a, it's a total. Uh, that whole world music thing in the early 80s that everyone was yeah. just jumping on the bandwagon and peter gabriel was into that a lot yeah, yeah. man it's, it's the stones that never want to miss out on a trend like mix always <laughs> going out and dancing and hearing some new shit and he brings it back to the studio much to keith's fucking you know keith wants to keep it blues but mix doing the the the, the next newest thing yeah but uh yeah, that, that was a, that's a blatant ripoff of thriller and like like peter gabriel <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have prince without mick jagger <laughs> that's true he's the one that helped support his career and get him get him going yeah, prince, greatest Bowl halftime show of all time prince gotta give yeah. the prince all right let's do take a little break here hey everybody this is eric from slate river farms you may remember me from episode one titled farm to toilet i'm just dropping by to remind you to please follow five dollar buzz on instagram subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscription bell on youtube that way, you'll never miss an episode. The Buzzards have some great content locked and loaded for Season 3. I know I'm excited. Also, please check out Slate River Farms' website and our socials. We raise and sell certified grass-fed, grass-finished beef and pastured heritage-breed pork on our fourth-generation family farm in upstate New York. Order online, and we'll ship our goods directly to your doorstep via one-day shipping for all of New England, New York, New Jersey, and PA. From our pastures to your doorstep, life gets crazy. At SRF, we believe in peace, love, and pork chops. All right, welcome back. Uh, Peter, thank you for sharing. So we had uh, one more, more time, the favorite album for us was Animals, Pink Floyd. Yeah. We had, uh, was it The Stand? The Stand was the book, yeah. And your golf that. clubs. And my golf clubs, yeah. Because right. I mean, I figure if I've got eternity or however long left on the sun, I'll build a little three-hole course, you know. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, do yeah. something, you know. Need something to do. Yeah, Hell, you could even build a nine-hole. Yeah, or an eighteen-hole, Roger. Wow, you can do that. <laughs> you can you can do so many activities. So many activities. <laughs> I do I do mini putt, man. I make a fucking mini putt. Yeah, dude. Remember that shitty mini pup by the, the city beach? With the go-karts and the... Yeah, uh, dude. <laughs> one time at that mini pup, I, I was just screwing around and I threw a ball up and I swung it like a baseball, <laughs> made perfect contact and launched it to the crate center. Oh, I man. probably hit a car or something. Oh, for sure, dude. <laughs> just hitting it right on the button. And you just, just right you know, on the button. I mean, yeah. nailed it. Yeah. That's a million-dollar shot, man. Million that's dollars. hard enough to do with a baseball bat, but with it. A... <laughs> 
<laughs> with a putter. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's turn it up, George. I want to I turn it over to you, man. Why don't you give me your uh, your, your five albums? And, yeah, uh, man. Uh, defend so one of them in your best uh, Richard Del Judas Senior Colloquium yeah. uh, thesis. Wow. Um, yeah, so I thought about this a lot. I don't know if these are my favorite albums, but I just was thinking about music that I had a, would always want to listen to yeah. all the time. So um, two classic rock. I, I went with uh, Sticky Fingers. Nice. which I really enjoy. Uh, I don't think there's a weak uh, moment on the album. So uh, did some Rolling Stones, uh, Magical Mystery Tour by the Beatles. Uh, I just remember when I was in uh, college, like for like a brief period, uh, there was a lot of kids getting thrown off the hall. And I was in my room uh, listening to music by myself a lot. And because uh, one of my other roommates always had like the music playing. Like I just deferred to the roommate and um i listened to magical mystery tour a lot and i think it's probably the i don't know i think it's the beatles best album like all the songs are great uh, all you need is love yeah all of them i love all those baby or rich man that's a yeah album. i just love penny lane strawberry fields forever uh this is really good music man uh, i really liked it and i thought it was still kind of like psychedelic like era um i would say dr dre uh the chronic uh, we were reading this, um, the 100 best albums from Lo about Los Angeles or for Los Angeles. I was kind of confused by some of the picks. Like one of them was like, check your head by the Beastie Boys. I'm like, what the fuck? That has nothing to do with Los Angeles. I don't think. But uh, The Chronic was number two. And this other album by a band called Love, which I don't didn't know anything about, was number one. So I went and listened to that. I'm like, this is not fucking better than The Chronic uh but well check your head was a los angeles record really i didn't yeah, know they, they moved here uh just after paul's boutique during paul's boutique they, okay. they moved from they moved from new york to los angeles and that's where okay. they were based for a long time okay so that's probably why but uh Rick yeah Rubin produced that album yes I, did he i didn't know okay which one i did thought he only did uh no, check your head, yes. no he did check your head but i didn't think um who produced i mean uh dre produced the chronic himself right the, the the chronic is dr dre's album but he's probably only appears as a vocalist on a handful of them he's the producer you know yeah. did all the sampling the, right. the beats the keyboard pretty much put the whole project together but uh i don't know that whole sound of like the uh, west coast uh g-funk sound with the synthesizers and obviously it's like uh recorded during uh, the Rodney King um, incident and the LA riots or right around that, you know, that was basically the soundtrack for all that. Um, but, uh, George, I know when, when you were a kid growing up on Long Island, you had a, you had a buddy and his, yeah. uh, his brother kind of, uh -huh. was he listening to the West coast stuff too? Or was he all. Uh... Yeah, we had, he actually uh, gave me the straight out of Compton album that I heard for the first time, which was uh, obviously Dr. Dre was involved in that. And he, uh, I remember like Easy E and Ice Cube were like the big, uh, the big names of the, the group, right? Like, uh, yeah, I feel like I knew who Easy E was before NWA. I feel like I heard of him before, or heard some of his music, but Ice Cube had gone on to have like a really uh, big, um, stellar solo career. Yeah, solo career. He was coming out really aggressively. He was using a lot of. Um, at that time, the Bomb Squad, which was the producers for Public Enemy, 
Yeah, Hank Shockley. Of, yeah, Hank Shockley and his brother, Keith Shockley. Um, but, and then when Dr. Dre did The Chronic, it was like out of nowhere. It's like, oh, wow, Dr. Dre from NWA. And then he had Snoop Dogg and all these guys. So, um, yeah, I feel like I would have to have that album. And then the other two, one, I don't know if you guys really care about a band called Rancid. They're a punk rock band from uh, Oakland or uh, Berkeley, California. It's called And Out Came the Wolves. I, it's one of my favorite albums ever. I just love the songs. It's like kind of sort of like the Ramones, but they have a really great bass player. It's a lot of like, it's like the Ramones, Social Distortion, but two different singers. Um, Billy uh, Joe from Green Day was supposed to join Rancid, decided to start Green Day. And this other dude uh, called Lars Fredrickson, who was in a band called the UK Subs, which mm -hmm. was a British punk rock band. And he is a great, I think the guy is like one of the best punk rock singers ever. I just love Rancid. And I just, I listen to that album nonstop over and over again. And then uh, I guess I would defend this one is Use Your Illusion uh, 2 by Guns N' Roses um, from 1991, the same uh, year that we did a whole show on. I think it was released a week before um, Nirvana's Nevermind. So you know, the 90s were like, you know, the age of like um, alternative grunge hip hop, but like Guns N' Roses was still the biggest band in the world. Metallica was opening for them while they were promoting the biggest album they ever made. And, you know, there was just like this really uh, sense of danger and um, hedonism and like all these like uh, forces going on with Guns N' Roses and they're like tearing apart um, football arenas and Stadiums, like, like the whole like the whole world is like burning around them and they're doing the um i was listening to a podcast about like the anniversary of the terminator 2 movie and i remember like guns and roses had that song with terminator 2 yeah it was like the whole thing of like the video you could be mine right or the, yeah like, you could yeah, be mine yeah. but it was like remember like and then i was listening to another podcast recently about how like prince was doing the music for um, the Batman mm -hmm. movie. But if you remember like the whole like marriage of music and movies and they would do this big long buildup before the movie came out. So you kind of like, oh, I saw the video. And so uh, I don't know, I think those uh, Guns N' Roses albums are like very, like the production quality is just so high. Like they just have like a limitless budget. Like I think those guys just got a blank check to do whatever they want. And that was probably the last because uh, of that first record yes yeah yeah it was like not <laughs> but, uh, but the production value like the drums and the the, the bass playing you could i could just hear I, november I just rain is a is a i mean yeah is on that, that album. that's on use your illusion actually turn into l john man He's like, yeah yeah i don't know if there, i can't remember what's on one and what's on two yeah that was use your illusion one the red one and uh, the blue one is the one that i kind of i like them both but uh and it's interesting, the artist, the album was named after a painting by this guy called uh, Mark Hastabi. And he's a, a, an artist from Estonia. And I follow him on Instagram. And obviously, Estonia is close to Ukraine. So a lot of the art he's doing now is just like in blue and yellow. And he has this really um, distinct looking, like stick figure-ish, abstract. Uh, I don't know if it's abstract, but like, you know, you kind of have to look at the painting and like come up with your own. Uh, meaning of it and a lot of it's like this sad um, Estonian I mean uh, Ukrainian type vibe going on with the blue and the yellow and just like everything that's going on just, if you get a chance check it out but uh, it's interesting uh, Axel Rose found this guy and 
he's like, yeah, that's what we're naming the album. But also Appetite for Destruction was also a painting that they named the album after. So I don't know. Uh, those would be the ones I just, those are albums I've listened to all what the are your, uh, what are your What are your standout tracks on those, George? I guess I would just go with um, Civil War, which yeah. is like a seven minute song, like Slash has some really mm-hmm. uh, great guitar playing. It was the last song with uh, Steven Adler. Yeah. It's the only song he played on, but I thought his drum playing was really good. But I guess Civil War, the one that has Cool Hand Luke. Uh, yeah, it's the warden. Uh, the samples the warden from Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I remember I was a kid. Brother and, Martin was that actor. Yeah, yeah. Strother Martin, Paul Newman's yeah. real buddy film, not Robert Redford. Strother yeah. Martin and, and Paul Newman are in more films together than Redford and Newman. I always, dude, before I saw that movie, I heard this song first and I was like, I thought that was a woman just hearing it and then like oh wow this is not what i thought it we was have here. yeah failure to communicate yeah so those would be the albums and just last thing on the, the guns and roses the uh civil war i remember i was like driving from like new york to washington dc with my parents for like a summer vacation and we would get all these like statically radio stations coming on and this like guns and roses song came on it was uh um Civil War, which I think they played at like a Live Aid concert. You know, like every band would come out and play like two songs. So they were playing like the whole concert and then like this new Guns N' Roses song. I was like, oh, I'd never heard that before. But uh, then I guess books, I would probably go and say, I, I didn't want to do this, but I would, I would normally pick like George or- Orwell 1984, but I decided uh, that would be too cynical. So I'm going with uh, Cormac. <laughs> McCarthy, uh, Blood Meridian, oh, nice. which is a very, uh, I guess, dystopian Western. It is. And they say, Roger, that it, they, they've tried many times to like come up with a screenplay or film it. And it's always yeah. interesting to see who they are going to try and be the actors. And He's uh, been filmed so many times, but not that one. Yeah. No, so you're not going to make that. It's not a, a feel good uh, story, but uh, it's a long, uh, very uh, verbose book that I like to read. I, I would like, r- like to read it again. So if I was stranded on an island, like I'll read that. And Pete, my, uh, my device that I would bring with me would be a Leatherman. I feel like I use that thing nonstop and it's like, it's the most useful thing that I have. And I have, I know exactly where it is all the time and it's just a great tool. And I feel like it would come in handy uh, yeah, stranded on a desert island. <laughs> You yeah. mince your papayas and shit with it. Yeah. The serrated knife, the little saw, the little <laughs> bottle opener, everything. I'd bring one of the, remember the Rambo movies and like, you'd go to the Clinton County Fair, Pete, and get the big fucking shitty uh, plastic handle survival knife with the teeth <laughs> and it had the, it had the Didn't cable. It have a compass like, in the bottom. The matches in it. Like, it has a compass and yeah. needle and thread. Yes. Came from China. Yeah, so you could just stitch up your arm when you. Yes. Yes. I'd bring one of those, Pete. In addition to what I'm going to bring. All right. Good good share, George. Well, well, well now I think it's time for our uh, intrepid host here to uh, give us his list. All right. Okay. Uh, my list, my, my five. And like I said, these things, these change from day to day. There's, there's two or three albums on here that are mainstays. Um, Ziggy Stardust. I mean, I listened to that album since I, I think I first heard that when I was about 17, 18. I, I found that after 
the stones. I was kind of into my uh, development before I discovered uh, uh, Ziggy Star David Bowie. I, I consider that late in my, because uh, my music's kind of stayed within that. I don't know. I don't want to say classic rock because I fucking hate Boston. I hate shit like that. When I think of when I think of classic rock, I, I think of more than a feeling on the jukes boxing shit. <laughs> just that that, that one hundred six point seven sound that we like, Peter. Yeah, yeah. And I, it started with the Doors when I was a kid. That I, I played the hell out of the Doors, and and they were just uh, become uh, just uh, I, I can't hear another Doors song as long as I live. But I graduated the Stones. Ziggy Stardust, um, absolutely on there. Um, uh, solo Beach Boy album. Dennis Wilson's Pacific Ocean Blue is uh, that's always been a big favorite of mine. It was the first uh, of the Wilson brothers to go solo, and it's just a really underrated, really undiscovered. Uh, few people have really. It wasn't even available for years. It was. Uh, there was the, the the CD was finally reissued when they were still reissuing CDs. Uh, about 10 years ago but that, I remember that, 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 that was man, one of those albums that came out and uh, remember, sorry to interrupt but I do remember dude uh I was a long time subscriber to Rolling Stone I would still get the magazine like well past before anyone was still checking for it and I remember they made a big deal about um that album coming re, re reissued the yeah. Pacific Ocean Blue and I remember I went out and got or I don't, I don't know if I bought it but I went and downloaded it or listened to it and I definitely remember them making a big deal about that. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great album. Dennis Wilson was really he was kind of considered a pounder, and he was never really taken seriously as a drummer. But um, if if you if you give that album a listen, it's a really, I mean, it's hard to compete with Carl Wilson and Brian Wilson. It's like that's those are tough uh, tough acts to follow. But I mean, Carl Wilson had the voice of an angel, and Brian's just Brian. But it's that album really, it's is a, in Colin Larkin's all time top one thousand albums. That's a if you ever want to get go down a deep dive of a really great list, Colin Larkin kind of has this famous list of all time greatest albums, and that's it's, number, it's in it's on the list. And Nate just well, a thousand of them. So <laughs> Nate, uh, just to kind of, of just to uh, kind of bring it back to another episode we did called Pictures of Dives. Yes, didn't uh, one of the bars you mentioned, Shay J, wasn't that where uh, Brian Wilson had his last cocktail? Dennis Wilson had his oh, last Wilson. Budweiser there. Yeah, he okay. lived at the Hotel California across the street, and him and his old lady were they would get into domestics and come over and do their drinking over at the bar. And he came over early. It was Christmas morning, and he was over there having a drink, and he was being a prick, and they kicked him out. And then he walked down to uh, Marina Del Rey and started diving into his old, uh, where the Harmony, his, his, his boat was called the Harmony and it was in one of the slips there. And it had been long, been vacated, but uh, he was diving down in there with a mask looking for old shit that he'd thrown overboard. And I guess on the last trip up, he must've hit his head on the, the dock or something, but he went down and drowned. Was that 1983 Rogers, is that right? Yeah, Christmas day. Early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for to derail your uh, thought process here. <laughs> Now, where was I? I, I got uh, Pacific Ocean Blue. I got Ziggy Stardust. I'm going to put uh, Exile on Main Street is going to go on there. And I was going to defend that today, but I don't think you need to hear another defense of Exile on Main Street. I think everything's been, been said that can be say about, said about that album. Um, so you had another one. What was it? Uh, going to the... You didn't write them down? No, they're usually in my head, man. I had this shit ready to go in my brain. 
Street Legal by Bob Dylan is the one I'm going to defend. And I'll just throw uh, Tom Waits, Orphan Brawlers, and uh, Orphans, Ballers, and Brawlers uh, on there. The, the, the three discs Tom Waits uh, um, in a pinch, that'll do. Um, <clears throat> always like Tom Waits. I think that'd be some good. Uh, yeah, my favorite is Swordfish Trombones. Swordfish Trombones, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a lot of good uh, music on. Uh, I put one of those Tom Waits tracks on you on your birthday. Uh, you did. Uh, Pete's too. I think you both got. Uh, I think you gave me one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You both got one. Tom Waits was featured on there. But um, I, I'm going to defend uh, Street Legal by Bob Dylan. It's uh, Dylan's got. He's made a lot of great albums. He's made a lot of shitty albums. But he's only made one weird album, and um, Street Legal is uh, it is probably the weirdest, strangest uh, Dylan album ever committed to 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 wax. Um, give you a little background on my how I got into Dylan. Uh, when I was a kid, I uh, had this uncle who gave me this big stack of vinyl, and uh, it was when CDs were coming out, and. Like I wasn't gonna go and replicate that collection. It would cost me thousands of dollars to uh, to get those all on CD. And I had this big pile of media. And my brother and I were down at this place. Pete might remember this place, JJ Discount, the North Country Shopping Center. Remember that spot, Pete? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I told you guys this story before. And there was this old uh, record player there with with an eight track player on it. And there was this big shoebox full of uh, Bob Dylan eight tracks. And the only thing I knew about Bob Dylan was um the 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 Raymond Zarek impression on the beach from the Doors movie, so I, I had no idea uh, who this Bob Dylan guy was. I just knew he was from the '60s, and so I get this box of uh, eight tracks and I bring it back to my house and just start playing them, just because that's all we had to play on the eight track machine. And this album Street Legal was on there, and this fucking thing just spoke to me. It was like the if anyone's heard the album, it's 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 coming off the period of um, Blood on the Tracks was right after Desire. Desire and then the Rolling Thunder. So he's coming out this really, really creative um, arc of his career, and then he was getting divorced. And it was it's the one album between that all that creativity and then the freaking shitstorm of the all the uh, the the um, the what do you call it the, the religious period that he went through when he was making all the uh, like Saved and all that stuff. Um, it, it's a really it's a stand. He revitalized his whole band. He changed his whole band around and then stopped. It's like female vocalist background, band. female background vocalist. Oh yeah, it's just really crazy. Just the um, song, just the song titles alone, if you read them in order, reads like a story. Changing of the guards, new pony, no time to think, baby, stop crying. Well, that's what it was. And half those songs are, are amazing about his divorce, and the other half are these like epic Dylan songs that like take Dylan turn a phrase to a whole new level. Yeah, and it was one other thing that that influenced that record heavily. Uh, for him and that was the death of elvis presley yeah and yeah, well, oh, wow. it's, it very much sounds just it, it's like a that whole album sounds like the, the elvis stage show in vegas it has a very big band like like stage kind of sound to it with all the you know the the, the black um gospel female singers and the, the hammond organs and it's it's got a lot of uh like really like like the the um the guitar from um we we're just speaking on the uh what the hell um like a rolling stone who was it who plays the keys on that? Cooper? Al Cooper? Al Cooper would be his keyboard player. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's got a lot of big sound to it. But at the time when it was made, this album, it had too much like, a, I guess you call it like AM instrumentation. 
and it's really kind of murky the sound and for me i don't know it didn't work on me because i had an eight track it's as murky as it gets and i fucking fell in love with it but initially it didn't get very reviewed well but the reissues they've done since the ones they've remastered like it's a it's a one of the most pristine sounding uh dylan records of the entire orf but um i i just uh it's a cool fucking album and i just can't do it justice in words but it's uh it, it that's that's my desert island dylan album for sure glasgow gives that a, a thumbs up doesn't he Tom yeah glasgow is a yeah yeah it's like i say it's you kind of feel weird saying it's your favorite album but it legit is it's my favorite fucking bob dylan album i don't know why it's just it just always is and always has been. I, 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 I want to. I want to. I want to no dive into it. I love, I, I, I love the uh, the outsider influence. You know, it's great. I mean, everybody's gonna pick Blonde on Blonde or Highway sixty one or Blood on the Tracks. You know, but that's that's a that's a solid pick. It was and also you know, uh, Stan Peckinpah's favorite Bob Dylan album. He so, wasn't with us for tidbit there for you, Roger. Peck and Paul wasn't here. He did Ronaldo and Clara just before that movie. Well, yeah. Well, he uh, well, he, he did the soundtrack for Pat Garrett, but he was he was in Pat Garrett, Billy the Kid. Played the character named Alias. Yes. There you go. But, you guys uh, are impressive. Yeah, that. Street Legal is uh, would be my uh, definitely my defense. So those are my five albums. Uh, oh, you know what my fucking album was? It was uh, so stupid. It was uh, London Calling by The Clash. Yeah. He threw me off sharing that uh. Kia calling parody today. What a parody! <laughs> I think Joe Strummer approves that uh that, that usage. But um, book would book. be um, I'm gonna go with Ulysses Roger, um for for the same reason with the Joyce Brothers today. Yeah, man. Uh, it's I've tried reading that books. I, I remember I was told when I was a kid, like the, the hardest book to read is Ulysses. If you can read Ulysses, you're a. I, I I'm not a literary scholar by any means but i've read the american canon i, I feel like i'm fairly well read dude and I, i've attempted to read that book i tried when i was 40 years old again to read it and i, I have a lot of trouble um with that book and i i continue to have trouble <laughs> just because the varying writing style and each uh each, each chapter is uh written in a completely different uh style than the, than the previous and um it's it's subject to interpretation i think but I think sitting on a desert island for a long time, I would really have an opportunity to really attack that one and finally get that comprehension I'm looking for. That's right. It's it's one of those record or one of those records. It's one of those books that's like, you know, uh, Pynchon's Gravity's Rainbow, or David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest, in in more modern times, and or uh, Proust's um, In Search of Time Lost. You know, it's one of those monumental novels that everybody talks about nobody's read yeah yeah but i have read ulysses and i have read finnegan's wake and i have read gravity's rainbow i have never read proust yeah. but um uh yeah it's it's one of those things that you can reread reread and reread and reread and still not even get to the depths of you know it's a 124 hour period in dublin man three people <sighs> an affair and just uh really yeah it's it's just it's just it takes place over one day and it's the language itself and how he writes it uh and he of course he creates stream of consciousness that is um has deeper meaning that everything is almost a footnote to something else yeah therein lies the mystery you know it takes you down a rabbit hole 
hence the Britannica encyclopedia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's based on the every chapter is, is a chapter of the creates new words like portmanteaus, you know, where he takes two words and creates new words out of them that uh, become lexicon later on in, in life, you know, words like smog, smoke, and fog. You know, that's a portmanteau. What was that genre called, Roger? It was um it was um he he gave rise to it was um modernism. Was that was that what it is? Well, modernism, he would be, I think, the beginning of modernism. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, Fitzgerald is modern. 100 years ago, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, modernism really is, you know, Fitzgerald and all those guys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's my book. And I think I bring my crayons, man. I, I would bring my Crayolas. Um, Pete knows if he, I go before him, they put the 24-pack in my... Uh, in my casket to the ever after. I've, I, I love having my crayons. I've always had my crayons on me. I like to doodle. So I would, I would definitely bring my crayons on the island and I would spend my days uh, doodling on the doodling on the rocks, I guess, or whatever. Uh, maybe I'll bring a pad with me too. So that's, uh, that, that's what I would do. I, I, if Pete, I see Pete, I, I can keep his, his golf. I can design a golf course for him. Yeah. Crayons. We just choose over to each other's islands. Let's go make the rounds. <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's i think we we, we did a roundelay there i think uh i mean uh, timed so it out perfectly we got, we got street legal and we got dogs i mean excuse me animals by uh pink floyd street legal by bob dylan use your illusion too by guns and roses and white light white heat velvet underground i think that's we it's a, it's a hell of a that, that would be a good weekend if you just put them one right after the other for sure. I bet we could put an hour of music together for our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, you know what? Uh, we forgot to uh, mention this at the beginning of the show, but uh, we just celebrated the one year uh, anniversary of $5 buzz and uh, we're coming up on the 50th episode. So this would be episode 48 and uh, episode 50 is uh, not too far away. So uh, it's been a great eventful year and uh you know, I feel like Nate, you said it feels a lot longer than one year, hasn't it? Does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It it's does. like a relationship. But you know, congratulations, guys. I mean, uh, yeah. as a group, we've uh, we've we've made um, forty-eight now. You're saying, and yeah. they're all they're all unique. They're all a document. They're all cool. It's a document. Yeah, exactly. it, it's 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 a really it's a really awesome thing. I'm really proud of it. So uh, yeah, that's cool, man. Thanks for mentioning that, George. Yeah, and then lastly, uh, if anyone out there is. Uh, you know, you heard that episode with Adrian Bonnenberger, uh, our guest, uh, our two-time guest, where he was talking about uh, Ukraine. And he actually went over to Ukraine to train some of their uh, military uh, volunteers, I guess. I don't know if I'm doing it justice, but I expect no, yeah, it yeah, right, right yeah. But he uh, was on CNN. He got interviewed by uh, Anderson Cooper. So uh, it's nice to see him... Uh, He's he getting recognized for uh, his expertise, but uh, you know he's. It's sad. It's sad to, to realize that that's still happening, and that was a few episodes ago. We, th I, I don't know if I thought week, this was we're in the week four now. Yeah, four. He's putting his fucking money where his mouth is, and yeah. uh, it's really, uh, you know, I guess a really brave fucking thing to do. So I hope he's staying safe, and uh, you know, I, I would hope that he, uh, you start seeing him pop up on some of these uh important shows or uh things of that nature so uh respect to adrian you know good luck to everyone over in that part of the world that's uh it's just a really unfortunate situation hopefully it's over soon and uh cooler heads prevail 
Uh, so, yeah. To you guys all, everyone else on the island, uh, thanks for playing. Hopefully you never find yourself in uh, this situation. But if you do, you got your music. And uh, I think that's it. We'll wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, Roger, take us out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to this latest edition of $5 Buzz. We're really happy that you uh, got to enjoy all the albums that we discussed and everything else. And if you have any questions, topics, ideas, comments, blah, 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 email us at $5buzz, and that's F-I-V-E-D-O-L-L-A-R-B-U-Z-Z at gmail.com. We'll get back to you as soon as we get done being rescued from being castaways on our own private islands. Thank you. Have a great day. It's down down in South OC. Uh, think things up good up there? Yeah, quick you start over again. I fucked up already. Sure. No, just keep yeah, going. Yeah, start over. <laughs> All right, one, two, three, go. Go ahead. Fucking A. All right. <laughs> Welcome to a very special edition of Five Dollar Buzz. I am your your host, Nate Garden, your usual uh artist uh in residence but uh i'll be assuming the hosting duties today for a very special edition of uh we don't really have a name for the show yet do we gentlemen it's uh buzzard Come island close. i guess we're gonna call it but, um, god damn it guys someone else has to do this fucking job i'm, I'm, I'm blowing up I'm, I'm, you're doing I'm great just make sure all this stays recorded please no <laughs> someone else do this great. i can't fucking run the show you're doing dude you are the perfect person to do this. Oh Please. my god! I, and we could just we could just erase all the shit. It I, doesn't matter. We have an editor. I, I need drugs and alcohol again. Funny <laughs> <laughs> already. Hey, we're not changing a single fucking thing. All right, start over. It's gonna be NBC. Yep. <laughs> NBC. Hey, what, are we recording? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We've got.